0: On behalf of the Mayflower Church family and staff, I warmly welcome you to worship, for although we might be sheltering in place, scripture reminds us, as Psalm 91 declares, the one who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. We invite you during this time together to dwell in the shelter of the Most High, wherever you might be, and to remember who is indeed our refuge and our fortress, one in whom we are invited to trust. I'm pleased to report yesterday in the news of the church a steady stream of cars pulled by our church portico. It's a part of our outreach effort to support Degage Ministries with needed toiletries for the people that they serve in the Heartside District. Mayflower is now also supporting the Salvation Army Food Pantry. And Please stay tuned for further outreach initiatives in the coming weeks as we seek to offer God's love and concern and grace in these complicated and stressful times. We also hope that you've been able to connect this past week with Mayflower through our Facebook and Instagram pages. And please join us for a virtual coffee hour after the service by clicking on the link at the end of our worship bulletin. And so if you receive our Friday email, I invite you to locate our worship bulletin or to visit our homepage on our website to download it so you can follow along with our service. Please note this morning, as a part of celebrating and honoring Mother's Day, there is a litany during our time of prayer that I will invite you to join if you are able. To choose to observe the Sabbath is to pause in our unsettled and uncertain lives and to enter into a sacred time and space of God's grace and joy and and blessing. For this, declares Scripture, is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day of our salvation. So come one and all, and let us rejoice. And let us pray, let us open our heart, soul, and mind to hear God's word once again. And let us sing. For through the work of the Spirit, we are one. Come, let us worship. I have learned that prayer is not asking for what you think you want, but asking to be changed in ways you cannot yet imagine. Writes author Kathleen Norris, Prayer invites us to be more grateful, more able to see the good in what we have been given, instead of always grieving for what might have been or has slipped through our fingers. And people who are in a habit of praying, observes Kathleen Norris, know when a prayer is answered. It is never in a way that we expect. So I invite you to join your hearts together with mine in prayer and let us pray. O God of grace and glory, even in the midst of covid even in the midst of our separation from friends and from loved ones, the disruption of the cherished patterns of our lives, we pause to remember and to honor the beauty of the earth, a cobalt blue sky above. Forget me not that hint Soon our gardens will bloom. For all such blessings we are grateful this day, knowing that awareness and gratitude cleanse our hearts. Of all that might pull us from the path you would have us walk in our lives, a path of divine surprise and imagination. A path that leads us towards feeling, in our lives, wholehearted and at peace. Amen. first scripture reading this morning is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 23. And listen now for God's word. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Our second reading is from Psalm 12, verses 1 through 2, and is taken from the English Standard Version. Save us, O Lord, for the godly one is gone. For the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Everyone utters lies. To his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart, they speak. Our gospel reading is from Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Our epistle reading is from 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Will you pray with me, please? Loving God, you know our hearts. Some are overflowing and others are depleted. Some are bursting and others are broken. Some are at peace while others are restless. Open each of our hearts this morning, enter our hearts, that we might know your presence and hear your word to us. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The most extraordinary thing happened to me a few weeks ago. I don't mean extraordinary in that it was wonderful or amazing. I mean extraordinary in that it was extraordinary, outside of anything ordinary or normal which is saying a lot for these times. For the second time in 15 years, I took my robe home. The first time was a few years ago when I dripped candle wax on it Christmas Eve. The second time, my mother, who is staying with us, asked if I had any sewing projects for her. I brought my robe home so she could mend a few Torn seams, she quickly made it look like new and handed it back. I was so afraid I would forget it Sunday morning that late Saturday night I walked outside and placed it on the passenger seat. I chuckled as the thought occurred to me that I should make sure the car door was locked. What if this was one of those nights when someone was prowling my neighborhood, ruffling through unlocked cars? Well, Mark's car is 15 years old. The lock is a bit sensitive. So I walked around to the driver's side and thought I manually locked it. The next morning, I walked into my office here at church and realized I didn't have my robe. I went back to the car where I found no robe. I called home thinking, maybe I just imagined myself putting it in the car. Maybe it was still on the kitchen table. My girls confirmed it was not. It was slowly dawning on me that someone had stolen my robe from the car. This robe was a gift that I received from my home church in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, when I was ordained 26 years ago. It would cost several hundred dollars to replace But before I could buy a new robe, I needed a robe for the service, which was about to start. So I borrowed Ruth's. Now, those of you who know Ruth know that she is a good five inches taller than I am. I could wear her robe, but not without tripping. So in order to move back and forth, I needed to hold up the sides of this robe like a Disney princess holds her ball gown. By the time I got home after the service, I was just annoyed. I knew that whomever stole my robe had to have been immediately disappointed. I had the hunch that somewhere in my neighborhood I would find my discarded robe so I walked up my street I walked around the block I walked around wealthy school and I scanned all the bushes as I walked back down my street I noticed in the back corner of my neighbor's lawn a black blob. There was my robe. My lipstick and my Kleenex were still in the pocket. I wondered what else might have been discarded throughout the neighborhood, and so I started looking. I found Mark's $20 sunglasses in another neighbor's lawn. And it wasn't until the next day that I realized a bottle of hand sanitizer was missing from his car. Again, I walked up and down the street but found no sign of it. This is what the theft held onto, not the expensive robe or the cheap sunglasses. Hand sanitizer is what has value today. The Sunday after Easter, we began our sermon series, Resurrection Blessings. It's been a study in the Beatitudes. As they stood with the resurrected Jesus, the disciples were bewildered, and they couldn't help but ask, what's next? When will we see you again? And Jesus pointed them towards his teachings. And so it's to the first words of the Sermon on the Mount, known as the Beatitudes, that we have turned to get a better understanding of where we might see the risen Christ. A few weeks ago I noted how there are two words for blessed in the Bible. The first is eulogio. Which is when someone offers a personal blessing. Perhaps you've offered someone a gift or a kind gesture and the response was Oh, bless you. It is their hope, their prayer, that you will be blessed for your actions. But here on the mountaintop, Jesus uses another word for blessed, makarios, which is not a prayer. It's not a hope for something to happen in the future. It's a declaration That happiness, good fortune, goodness, blessing already exists. This is the way it is as we live into a kingdom, an awareness in which God is in our midst. Matthew records that Jesus sat down like any master teacher would and began to describe to his disciples what? life looks like when we are aware of the intimate presence of God makarios are the pure in heart for they will see God the heart is mentioned 1,000 times in scripture it is the most common anthropological term in the Bible In the ancient world, the heart was considered to be the center of all of our life. It was the place where feelings, desires, decision-making, reasoning, all resided. It was the source of action. The heart revealed the truest self, who a person really was, and not who they appeared to be. Perhaps you've heard of the Two-Hearted River in the UP. It's the setting for an Ernest Hemingway short story. It's also the inspiration behind Two-Hearted Ale, brewed by Bell's Brewery in Kalamazoo. This beer has been in the news recently as Governor Whitmer included it in a care package that she sent to the cast of Saturday Night Live. Apparently someone didn't do their research and created a sketch of her holding a Labatt's beer, which Michiganders all know she would not do. I assumed the Two-Hearted River was named because of its geography, but I learned this week that the name comes from the bountiful trout which fill its waters. To keep their blood flowing, these fish have two separate hearts, one near the gills and one near the tail. I mention this because when Jesus says, blessed are those with the pure heart, he's not talking about the 99.9% kind of purity, that purity that has cleared the shelves in our grocery stores. Nor was he talking about innocence or simplicity. Rather, a pure heart is one of singular focus. A pure heart is one with integrity. A heart whose inner convictions match its outer behavior. A heart whose will and desire and reasoning and devotion Are aligned. The opposite of a pure heart is double-heartedness, a divided heart. This juxtaposition is a conversation we hear all throughout Scripture. In Proverbs, we hear the warning to guard our hearts because everything we do, our words, our actions, our prayers, our impulses, flow from that one place. In Psalm 12, we hear the lament that the godly and the faithful have disappeared. The people lie and speak from a double heart. The disciples themselves were warned that their love for one another and for God would be discredited. If their hearts were not pure, if they said one thing with their mouths and another thing with their actions. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Several years ago, our son Brendan gave Mark. Walter Isaacson's book on Leonardo da Vinci. As with many Christmas presents, it sat on a table for a few years before it was read. Mark recently picked it up and has been sharing pieces of da Vinci's brilliance with me. He was the quintessential Renaissance figure with masterpieces like the Mona Lisa, And the Last Supper, he is considered one of the greatest painters of all time. He left behind thousands of notebooks, which documented, at times obsessively, a genius brain pursuing the disciplines of architecture, music, engineering, literature, and botany. Isaacson writes, Throughout his life, da Vinci became enchanted by the transformation of shapes. The margins of his notebooks and sometimes entire pages would be filled with triangles inside semicircles, inside squares, inside circles. He would play with tricks for turning one geometric shape into another, Even the very last page of his final notebook, a famous one ending with the phrase, the soup is getting cold. Even this last page is filled with triangles and rectangles. By focusing on one shape, He discovered a world within shapes, within shapes, within shapes. As I heard this, I couldn't help but think of the heart within the heart. Like the image you will find at the bottom of your bulletin. It was a gift from my daughter, Auden, when she was a child. We began this series the Sunday after Easter with the disciples asking Jesus, where will we see you? Throughout scriptures, we hear the dialogue between the two heartedness and the pure heart. This beatitude makes the outright claim that those who have a pure heart, those whose focus is aligned with God's heart, We'll see God. As part of our Mayflower Reads series this past winter, we read the book, The Dearly Beloved. It's a story about Charles and James, co-pastors at the Third Presbyterian Church in New York City, and their wives, Lily and Nan. Nan was a pastor's daughter, Embraced her role as pastor's wife and struggled with the heartbreak of infertility. Lily did not understand her husband's love for God, did not embrace her role as the pastor's wife, and found herself scared and unhappily pregnant with twins. She wondered how becoming a mother would change her relationship with her spouse. And even more concerning, she wondered about what would become of her, her loves, her hopes, her passions, her work. She wondered how she could love all of these and still feel whole. Still feel like herself. It was only after becoming a mother. That Lily understood. Her husband's love for God. Only in loving her son so singularly. Was she able to see the love. That surrounded her. Only by loving so fiercely and pointedly did she become aware of the love that permeated all her other relationships. Until then, she thought that her husband's love of God might decrease his love for her. She thought her love for her sons might eliminate any love that she could have for another person or a pursuit Instead, like Da Vinci, she discovered there were shapes within shapes, hearts within hearts, a whole new world within this love. And so the book is titled The Dearly Beloved. Not because there is a wedding. But because in her commitment to love her sons, Lily comes to see that she had more love for others and that this love was, in the words of the author, not the automatic love of childhood or the easy love of coincidence, but the tautly stitched love love of people who have faced uncertainty together and stuck it out. The strong love of people who looked to their side while suffering and saw each other. In the words of Peter, it was the sincere and deep love that comes from a pure heart dearly beloved it was the love that becomes a blessing because indeed it is where we see God in the name of the Creator the Redeemer and the sustainer amen Sheep May Safely Graze is one of Bach's most famous arias for soprano. Back in March, when we were forced to close our building, this was one of the songs that came to our mind as a a familiar piece and a piece of comfort and hope. And we've saved it for Mother's Day. And I invite you now... As you hear Emily sing this, to think of your mothers or a mother figure, someone in your life who has nurtured you and taken an interest in you throughout the years, as we prepare for the prayer time.
0: Every week. Mayflower leans upon the generosity of friends and members to share generously from their heart to support our mission and our ministry. Please know you can give online on our homepage where you'll find a donate button. We also have a mailbox under our portico. We also now offer the ability to text and give through your phone. Please see our bulletin for information about how to do that. To step into the life of faith, to seek to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, means we are asked to advocate for justice in our world, to open our lives to blessings as we are invited to become a blessing to someone else. Although our ushers are unable to wait upon us this morning, let us generously offer all that we are and all that we have, to further the mission and the ministry of this congregation. Let us pray. O God, you bless us in so many areas of our lives. In places, however, that we often fail to recognize are indeed a blessing. And so this morning, in gratitude, we, we choose to share out of that place of blessedness. Giving all that we are and all that we have to further your ways to increase your kingdom here your kingdom of righteousness and purity of heart this we pray in your son's name Amen Our prayers are adapted from the order of Ignatius and Reverend Hannah Carden this morning and celebrate the gift of motherhood, those who have nurtured us, cared for us, and encouraged us. You'll find in your worship bulletin our prayers this morning are in the form of a litany, meaning I will invite you to join with me in those sections that are designated as all. So come, let us pray, knowing awareness and gratitude do cleanse our hearts of all that might pull us from God's path and lead us towards divine surprise and divine imagination as we seek to live our lives wholehearted and at peace. And let us pray. Good and gentle God. We pray in gratitude for mothers who brought new life into our world. You who became human through a woman. Grant, we pray to all mothers, the courage needed to face the uncertain future that life with children brings. In particular, during these complicated times. Bestow upon them, we pray, the strength to live and to be loved in return, not perfectly, but humanly. Provide the support they need as they care for the physical and spiritual growth of all children. On this day, we remember, O Lord, There are times when only a mother's love can understand our tears, soothe our disappointments, and calm all our fears. There are times when only a mother's love can share the joy we feel when something we've dreamed about quite suddenly becomes real. There are times when only a mother's faith can inspire in us the confidence we need to face the challenges of life. Lord, hear our prayers of gratitude. Also pray for all mothers who are remembering this day children who have died. Mothers who decided other parents were the best choice for their babies, and mothers who adopted those children. We pray for those who have and continue to experience the frustration of infertility. We are grateful for those who mothered colleagues, neighborhood kids, and anyone who needed the guidance of a mother they never had. We also remember mothers who are no longer with us and honor their memory. Today, we honor the unyielding love and care for others we call motherhood, wherever we have found it and in whatever ways we have found to cultivate it within ourselves. Lord, hear our prayers of gratitude. also mindful this morning, O oh Lord, of all those affected by COVID, those who are grieving the loss of loved ones in Michigan, in our country, and around the world. We are mindful in particular of those in our faith community who have lost loved ones. We also pray for those who are sick, those who are recovering, and all those who offer medical care to others. We pray for researchers and those engaged in discerning treatment protocols and a vaccine. We pray for all those whose work have been affected by COVID, all those whose projects product lines, and plans have been canceled or postponed. All those who have been furloughed and all those who are now unemployed. In the midst of this hardship, O Lord, we pray for your comfort, your peace, your guidance, your faithfulness, and your strength. And now hear us, O Lord, as together we pray with one voice through the Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation.
1: As we go out into this day, let us guard our hearts with the words from our hymn. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord, thou and thou only, first in my heart, thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. May you discover the shapes within the shape, the hearts within the heart, and may you see God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, the Lord give you peace this day and forevermore. Amen.